I remember years ago, I was on a connecting flight. And I remember sitting in the airport and seeing a family of four, man and woman and two kids, maybe roughly ages of 11, 12, something around there. And all four of them were sitting and reading books, their own books. And I remember staring at them, saying, no, I don't buy it. Something's wrong. Something doesn't make sense about this situation. So I just stared and watched and watched and waited. And then finally, the little girl, she says, mummy. And I was like, British. I knew they weren't American. I knew it. Impossible that they were American. Because, let's be honest, it's not part of this culture. There are many cultures around the world that reading is normal. It's encouraged. You travel abroad. I remember myself, I was shocked when people were like, oh yeah, right now I'm into this book. And, you know, oh yeah, I read that one. That one's really good. And it's just normal. It's part of the conversation. Us, I don't know, maybe it has to do with the U.S. culture of feeling like we're number one. And so, obviously, if you're number one, if you're the best, there's no improvements to be made, right? You're perfect. You are a, a, a finished specimen, like the Mona Lisa, just to be admired, just to be stared at, nothing to be changed. This is the selfie culture that we seem to be leading in. Yes, of course, this culture spreads elsewhere, but unfortunately, it seems to be we're at the top of it. This is, doesn't seem to be the type of culture that encourages or that emphasizes what? That we need to be worked on. We need more you know, knowledge. We need to improve, and so on and so forth. And so today, I'd like to talk about this issue of ego and how dangerous it is to allow oneself to see yourself as this finished product, as this perfect specimen that just needs to be admired, how dangerous this indeed is. The first thing, the most obvious, is that you stop learning. You stop learning both academically, because I know everything there is to know. What do I need to learn? And you hear people talk like this. Me, go get a bachelor's, a master's. What are you talking about? I don't need to learn anything. I know everything I need to know. This is such a scary thought. I'm not saying academia is for everybody, but I am saying the desire to learn should be in every, all of us. We're students for life. But in addition to that, the danger of ego is that it makes you stop learning about your deen. It makes you stop learning about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the moment you have this arrogance, Allah ta'ala tells us what? Allah ta'ala says, I will certainly turn away from my signs those who are arrogant upon the earth without any right. And if they should see every sign, they will not believe in them. How scary is this? The idea that number one, there may be ayat all around, but Allah Ta'ala is ensuring what? That your eyes are always somewhere else. You could talk to the right people that would give you great information, that would guide you, that would make you think, but Allah Ta'ala is averting these people from your path. Why? As a punishment for your arrogance. And then Allah says, but, but by the way, even if they were to see these ayat, they wouldn't, they wouldn't accept them anyhow. So one, I'm turning them away, and two, even if you see it, it won't have the effect. Why? As a punishment for kibr. As a Punishment for takabbur, this arrogance in your heart. Allah is saying, no, no, I'm not, I don't want this heart to be guided. Why? Because you're too proud, and so I'm going to divert all this guidance away from you. What a scary thought. Yes, we should be humble. We should have humility for the guidance that Allah Ta'ala sent us. Most of us don't think about this. Most of us don't think that this guidance could be taken away from me. No, no, the Qur'an is there. I may not read it, I may ignore it, but it's always there for me. This is a very arrogant attitude. In fact, Allah Ta'ala mentions... And if we willed, we could surely do away, we could surely take away that which we revealed to you, O Muhammad 
Allah Ta'ala is saying, if I wanted to, I could remove guidance from you. Do we think like this? No. We think, I'll ignore the Qur'an on the shelf today, and then maybe tomorrow, and the next day, and it's always going to be there for me. Whenever I feel like it, as if we have this stat status and position, and as if this deen and this guidance, it's like working for us, our slave, our billah. No, we should have humility and approach this guidance with a sense of awe and wonder and such gratitude that Allah Ta'ala sent us guidance. That we have the ability to study ayat and learn more about our deen. Look at the dua of Yusuf, Yusuf I'm not going to mention the entire dua, but just at the ending of his dua, so you could say a concluding dua at the end of Surah Yusuf. He says what? Tawafani Musliman wa alhiqni bisaliheen. The dua is longer than this, but still, just this last portion. Tawafani Musliman, let me die a Muslim. This is the Prophet of Allah, Yusuf salam, and he's saying, Ya Allah, I just want to be able to die a Muslim. I want to ensure. Why? Because clearly, maybe I might not. Maybe, you know, something bad might happen. It could be the case that I could lose my faith. This is true humility. How many of us think like this? How many of us say, Ya Allah, I know I'm a Muslim today, but I don't know about tomorrow. Ya Allah, keep me strong upon this faith. No, we take it for granted. The Quran is there, guidance is there, my Islam is there, and we feel like we got all this under control. That's why we can ignore it day after day. Why? Because it's always going to be there for me. As if I'm always going to be here too. A'udhu Billah. Have humility. And then he says, And join me with the righteous. SubhanAllah, we know that in Surah Nisa, ayah number 69, Allah Ta'ala mentions the four categories. Prophets, those who speak the truth, those who are truthful, those who are martyrs, and then the righteous. So of these four categories, he doesn't say, make me amongst the prophets. He could, he's a prophet. But he doesn't say, make me amongst the prophets. He doesn't say, make me, amongst, uh, make me from amongst the siddiqeen uh, or ash-shuhada. No, he says, So you see the humility here. That he's saying, even the last category, Ya Allah, make me from amongst this group. Make me a Muslim. Make me amongst the righteous. Ya Allah, let me hold on to my faith. If a Nabi of Allah, if a prophet like Yusuf salam, could have this humility, what about you and I? So the first point is what? We have to be careful of our ego because ego stops you from learning. The second point is it stops you from improving as an individual. Very often, unfortunately, you'll hear people brag about themselves saying, I'm really, really good at this, and oh yeah, I'm really good at that, and I'm really good at the other, and, and just keep on talking about how great they are. My advice to you is very simple. It's the same advice I got many years ago. Somebody said to me, let others talk about your strengths. Stop talking about them yourself. Let others do it. If you're really as talented and as hardworking and as unique as you really say you are, then shouldn't other people notice, right? However, if you're so amazing at your job, but none of your coworkers seem to ever say so. And you're so strong, but nobody at the gym seems to notice when you're lifting weights. Nobody's impressed, nobody pays any attention. And mashallah, you're so righteous, but people at the masjid don't know you and don't know your face. And I mean, at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, is any of this true? Or is it the case that maybe it's all in your head? Maybe you have a fan base of one, yourself. This is a very scary reality. Maybe you're not as special as you think. And I'm not saying, by the way, you should be obsessed with what other people think. That would be going to the other extreme. I'm simply highlighting the logical point that if you're as amazing as you think you are, others might take notice. So maybe instead of constantly talking about, oh, I'm really good at this, that, and the other, ask yourself, does anybody else notice? Does anybody say that? Have I ever heard anybody? No? Well, maybe I'm not that great. Maybe I need to keep working on myself. That's a good thing. Have the desire to keep working on yourself. Unfortunately, some people are so convinced of their brilliance that when nobody cares, they conclude that the world is just too jealous, or perhaps the world is too blind, too foolish to appreciate my glory. This is the problem. This is the curse of ego. 
the ego getting so great that even when you have nothing, you feel like the only re reason people don't notice me is because they're jealous of how awesome I am. A'udhu billah. The Prophet says what? Thalathatun la yukalimuhullahu yawm al-qiyamati wa la yuzakkihim wa la yanthuru ilayhim wa lahum a'adhabun alim. There are three people who Allah Ta'ala will not speak to. He will not purify them or absolve them. He will not look at them on, on the day of resurrection and they will have a painful punishment. I'm not going to mention all three, but one of them is what? Wa'ailun mustakbirun. One of them is the proud, poor person. Ail. You don't have anything. And yet, mustakbir. I'm still proud. Subhanallah. At least pay attention and realize others aren't bragging and talking so much. Maybe, you know what? Allow the humility to sink in. It's a good thing. But if you are concluding, no, no, no. I am so amazing. They only don't notice. Why? Because they're jealous of me. Subhanallah. Maybe you might be falling into this category. You don't have anything. And yet you're still so proud. You think everybody's a conspiracy. They're all colluding behind your back to figure out how to sabotage your greatness. Come on, get real. So we need to be very cautious of our ego. Of our ego. And also we have to be cautious of the opposite, which is people bragging about you all the time. This is the other fear, the other danger. If you do work on yourself and people start to bra uh, brag about you, talk, uh, talk about you, flatter you, sycophants, people praising you, what does the Prophet say about this? Look at how cautious the Prophet tells us to be about ego. When you see sycophants, flatterers, people who are constantly praising over and over again, what should you do? Then throw dust in their face. Subhanallah. Some people in, from amongst the Sahaba actually took this literally. Whereas others would say, no, this is more a, uh, you know, don't literally pick up some dirt from the ground and hit someone. Maybe, perhaps, inshallah ta'ala, take it more figuratively, that you should feel like, you know, the concept of shaitan ar-rajim. Ar-rajim means accursed, rejected. You throw stones at that person. Now, does that mean you should really go throw stones? Or does that mean that you want to get away from somebody so badly that you just, you're repulsed? This is how we should feel. Why? To protect the ego. Why? Because if you just enjoy it a little bit, you're so great. You're so, look. I'm not saying don't appreciate, uh, you know, uh, uh, gratitude. Brother, you did a good job. Thank you very much. That's nice. You helped me out a lot. Thank you very much. Yes, that's good. But the moment they say, oh, without you, what could we do? We would be lost. I could see the nur coming from your face, brother. And, 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 and they just keep coming. SubhanAllah, this is when you say, this is wrong. This is absolutely wrong. A thank you was very nice. <laughs> that was all that was necessary. We shouldn't be inflating each other's egos. Rather, we should be keeping each other in check and maintaining each other's humility. Mutarrif. Ibn al-Shakhir, uh, he once saw Al-Muhallab, one of some uh, contemporary of his. He was walking and he was strutting. Yatabakhtar, Yatabakhtar, walking with this strut. And so he says, Ya Abdullah, O slave of Allah, trying to remind him who you really are. O slave of Allah, ma hadhi al-mishyatu allati yubghiduha Allah. What is this walk, that, what is this strut that you're doing that is angering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why are you walking like this, with this arrogance? And look at the response. The guy got a little sparked. What? Who do you think you are? So he says, what? فقال, he says back to him, You know me? Like, who are you to tell me that I'm walking arrogantly? This you know me? And subhanAllah, <laughs> this seemed to have set him off. Do I know you? Yeah, you know, yeah I know you. SubhanAllah, <laughs> comes with the powerful words. He says, what? Yeah, I know you. You began as a rotten drop. And you're going to end as a filthy corpse. And between that, you're constantly carrying feces. So then what did the guy do? Subhanallah, فَمَضَى الْمُهَلَّبُ وَتَرَكَ مِشْيَتَهُ So Muhallab, he kept going and he changed his walk. He started walking with more humility. Now, it's kind of harsh words. 
But subhanAllah, it's the truth. Where do we come from? Where are we going? And during that time, we are all human beings. We have our filth, etc. We are who we are. So this is a beautiful reminder that our job with one another is to do what? Is to maintain each other's humility. Allah Ta'ala commands us, don't walk upon the earth exultantly. Don't walk around with this strut. SubhanAllah, this is so beautiful because it's reminding us that a human being may have arrogance in their heart, but they're able to very cleverly disguise it in their speech. But guess what? Sometimes, even if you can hide it in your speech, you can't hide it in your body language. Sometimes it comes out other ways. And so it could be the case that because of this kibr in your heart, yeah, you avoid arrogant speech because you're very clever. But subhanAllah, the way you move, the way you behave, it is on you. This is why the heart needs to be checked constantly. What is the state of my heart? Do I have a sense of arrogance? May Allah protect us all. The third point is with regards to avoiding da'wah. Unfortunately, when you are a proud person, when there's arrogance in the heart, many people, they will say, I don't talk about Islam because I don't have all the answers. What do you mean you don't have all the answers? So you're trying to maintain your image of omnipotence? You're trying to maintain the image of being all-knowing? Of course you don't have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. You're not supposed to say, I'm only going to talk about Islam when I, had, when I know everything, because that is a, basically shielding you from your responsibility, pretending like, oh, no, no, I'm using wisdom, but really you're just obfuscating your responsibility. But what, what is the idea here? You don't want to expose the fact that you're human? Well, guess what? You are human. Of course you don't have all the answers. Nobody does. And yet the Prophet still commanded us, convey for me, even if it's one verse, we're supposed to, we are commanded to convey the truth. And yes, of course, there may be moments where people will ask you questions and you won't have the answers. So you say, that's a great question. Let me get back to you. Yes, that's a sense of humility that we all should have. Humility makes you want to help others reach guidance. This is a beautiful reality. When you have the humility in and of yourself, and you recognize that I was once misguided as well, it'll make you want to give da'wah and call others to Islam because you realize that they are where you once were. Even Allah Ta'ala reminds us, when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala reminds the believers that they too were once lost as well, Allah says, كَذَلِكَ كُنْتُمْ مِنْ قَبْلُ فَمَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ that, And you, yes yourselves, O Sahaba, O believers, you were once like that before, you were once like these disbelievers, and then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala conferred His favor upon you, reminding the believers, don't forget where you came from. You didn't have guidance before. You didn't always have guidance. When you allow this humility to settle into yourself, you actually become more interested in helping others along their journey. People with big egos tend to be conflict avoidant because they know they can't stand to lose an argument. People like this are only useful to be around when everything is smooth and easy. But the fact of the matter is, if everything is smooth and easy, then you don't really need anybody. You want to be around people who... Yes, you can enjoy the good times, but also can help you during the bad times, during the harsh times. We need each other when things go wrong. And if somebody can't handle when life gets contentious, the moment there's some sort of a disagreement, they can't handle it because the ego flares up too much, then that person is essentially useless. Which leads to the next point, point number four. When you have too big of an ego, you can't deal with hardship. You can't deal with personal loss. The fact of the matter is, suffering is part of life. And there are two ways to deal with your own suffering. Number one is to say, I'm suffering, but the thing is, I'm perfect. So how is it the case that I, I this perfect creature, this immaculate you know, specimen, how is it possible that I 
the great Anna, the great me. How is it that I am suffering? This proves that the world is chaos. There must be no God. Why? Because if there was a God, then, and if there is a God, then he must be an evil God. Why? Because he's allowing someone as perfect as me to go through hardship. How many people have this fitna in their hearts? Thinking there can't be a God. Why? Something bad happened to me. Nothing bad should ever happen to me. SubhanAllah, where did you get that idea from? Look at the perfection that, that they have, this image of themselves in their mind. No, no, no. When something bad happens to me, there cannot be a God. Why? Because I'm too perfect to go through suffering. This clearly must be injustice. The humble person says what? No, I do believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I do believe that Allah ta'ala is good. And yet I am suffering. So how can I explain this? Perhaps it's my fault. Maybe it's my own imperfection. Maybe I'm suffering because I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I am self-sabotaging. Takes a little bit of humility to accept that as a possibility. Instead of trying to tear down the image of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ma'adallah, Maybe just take a second to pull down your own image. Maybe I'm suffering because of me. Maybe I'm self-sabotaging. Or number two, maybe God is pushing me to be a better person. Maybe he's refining me and making me stronger, bringing the best out of me. Maybe there's so much more I can grow. Maybe this hardship is actually refining me and making me stronger. This is only possible when you have the humility to acknowledge that you have room for growth. But again, the person who thinks he's a finished product can never think that there's room for growth. Humility help, helps us to accept these challenges in life. There's actually a very beautiful proverb. I thought it was so nice. It said, pain will leave the body once it, has, once it has finished teaching you. Pain will leave the body once it has finished teaching you. I thought that was a very beautiful quote. In other words, try to take the difficulties of your life, the pain of your life, the hardship of your life, just te treat it like a teacher. Treat it like a lesson. How is this going to make me better? This should be the objective. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll conclude with some concluding remarks, inshallah, in the second khutbah. Brothers and sisters, we are supposed to take our lives very seriously. Life isn't a, a joke, life isn't a game, life isn't frivolous, all about entertainment. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to us and jinn in what, we're, in what ways? Allah Ta'ala refers to us as thaqalan. Thaqil, yani you, are, you are a weighty thing. This is a heavy matter. The human being has gravitas, weight, importance. All this is implied. And the question is, how can we become people of substance, people of weight? SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala describes the Qur'an by saying what? We're going to send upon you a qawlan thaqila. This Qur'an is thaqil. Allah Ta'ala describes this Qur'an as something weighty and heavy, so heavy that if it were to come down to a mountain, it would cleft it asunder. It would completely demolish and destroy it. This is the weight of this truth. This is the weight of this deen. So bring this Qur'an into your life and you become a person of substance, a person that, of, of, of weight that can have an effect on the world and, inshallah Ta'ala, improve oneself. When something has weight, it gets pulled down by gravity. People of true knowledge have humility. It's only the arrogant person that is so empty that they can let their egos float up and think they're above everybody else. Like the kid that lets go of the helium balloon, just floats up and thinks it's above everything. SubhanAllah. It has no weight. This is the issue. The humble person keeps in mind that they have greater goals in life and they don't have time to be distracted by frivolous things. Whereas the proud person will get angry at even the smallest offense. Why? Because in their mind, the unspoken thought is what? Nothing is more reprehensible than disrespecting someone as amazing as me. Have you ever noticed some people, 
you offend them, they can't stop talking about it for years. SubhanAllah. It's like, really? You're still thinking about that? It actually happened to me just the other day. Somebody said something to me that I thought was actually quite offensive. Okay? At the moment, I was offended because well, it was offensive. <laughs> and, but then, a few days go by and I think about it again. A few more days go by and then I think about it again. And then I said, no, 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 that's enough. This is ridiculous. How many days are going to go by and you're still like, I can't believe this person said, look, people get offended every day. People say rude things every day. For me to be walking around day after day thinking, oh, how could someone disrespect me? Okay, it happened. Relax. And I had to just put myself in check. Okay, that's okay. I've said offensive things, people have said offensive things back. These things happen. You got to roll on. And if you can't, and if you know people in your own lives, you call them. Hey, is everything all right? Yeah, no, and I'm still not talking to them. It's been 10 years, but I can't let go of that one joke. Subhanallah al-Azim. Do you have anything else going on in your life? Do you think about the state of the ummah and people dying over here? And, you know, do you think about da'wah? Do you think about, you know, guiding people? Do you think about the community? No, of course not. You're just thinking about how could you offend someone as immaculate as me? I have to think about this for the next decade. That's the only thought process. That is bigger than everything. So this is the curse. This is the danger of ego. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. So, may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who can develop a sense of humility so that we are always students and we are always learning. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who always recognize that there is room for growth and improvement. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who call others to Islam and we don't avoid da'wah. We actually engage in it because we have the humility to maybe be discussed with, debated with, maybe even lose a conversation, that's okay. We engage because we have the humility to want to guide others and we know that we were once misguided ourselves. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who have the humility to handle hardship and that hardship doesn't make us question our faith. Why? Because we recognize that maybe I did something wrong or maybe this is just a way to help me improve. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. May Allah Ta'ala remove from us those who are maddahin, those who are flatterers and sycophants and too much praising that will build up our egos. And may Allah Ta'ala rather surround us with people that will keep us grounded and keep us humble. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen.